Is there like a retroactive swipe? Like, can you go in no. and just be like, you know what? I'm going to reconsider this. I don't know. Thing. I'm going to have to call up hinge management for that. Yeah. And see. You know, <laughs> New York is big, but it's not that big. I feel yeah. like they'll circle back eventually. Yeah, <laughs> hello. Hello. Welcome back to Swipe Down. Hey, 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 swipers. How y'all doing? Are you guys okay? This is us <laughs> checking in with you. We care about you. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> How are you doing, Sav? I'm hanging in. Yeah. You know, I think that's all anyone can say at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging in as there's like tears streaming down my face. Yeah, everything is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. It's yeah, been... how about you, girl? You know, it's been a time. It's been a journey, uh, but I'm glad to be here, glad to be chatting with you, and, you know, I'm loving our little love stories that we've got oh, going on. Oh, too. They really are just a light in love this it. time of blindness and yes. <laughs> not knowing what is Heaviness. happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, you know, I think we've both been really glad just to hear from you all um and and to hear the positive response to our first episode with chris and elka uh, a lovely couple who truly did just like warm my heart it was so great yes. to talk to them uh and as we are continuing in our journeys as better allies uh, and in our own personal education we really want to 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 showcase many stories and to hear many different perspectives and so this is us opening up the floor to all of you that if you uh have a love story that you would maybe like to share or someone you'd like to nominate in your life um please hit us up because we want to hear your story we want to know how you met we still believe in love through it all yes yes (laughs) (laughs) and um you know the drill you can dm us at swiped out pod on Insta, you can email us, swipedoutpod at gmail.com. You can follow our Facebook page and hit us up. Or or just not. Or just, you know, admire from afar. Or just, yeah. Listen in. Yeah. Hear these incredible love stories. Yeah. Today. Special Today. love story. Mm-hmm. From two people dear to my little heart, Ty and Mariah, who just... We're such a joy to talk to. I haven't seen their faces in far too long. Beyond <laughs> months. <laughs> I've lost track of time, but it's been for sure months. <laughs> it, yeah. 2020 is just like one <laughs> giant month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they are our first married couple that we've had yes. the, the privilege and the pleasure of having on the pod. So they give us a lot of great life and love advice. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with my good friends, Ty and Mariah. Today on the podcast, I am super stoked to welcome a couple of my favorite people in the world, uh, my good friends, Ty and Mariah. Welcome to Swiped Out. Welcome. I cannot (laughs) thank you enough for being here. It is so good to see both of you. It's good to see you too. <laughs> Madison, so nice to meet you. You too. Likewise. Thank you guys yes. so much for coming on. Sure. So I guess we'll start with a little bit of intro. Um, I'll start with you, Ty, since 
I met you first and then had the <laughs> lovely privilege of meeting your incredible wife, Mariah. Um, but we met through my roommate, Sarah, yes. who is a fellow production assistant. Uh, you two were working together on a job and I think you came to our apartment. I think Mariah, then maybe that's how I met you as well. You all were kind enough to make the Brooklyn Astoria trek for one of our famed barbecues. <laughs> Ah, yeah. <laughs> Sarah and I met at uh, we were doing Dickinson, right? And yes, I yes, think yes, you yes. and I met either it was before she went to Morocco, so it was yeah. like right after Dickinson ended. Yes, yes, this all, Something like that. yeah, this all makes sense. <laughs> and then all, later on, we got to work together, which was just yeah. such a treat because we had become friends, and I actually took the position, didn't take it take it but i got you ripped it right from no, me. <laughs> the the position that you had held the season prior i yeah. took that role because you were taking another role to learn different skills in the, yeah. in the pa world which we could there's we could go on a whole tangent of all the different pa oh. positions but that we would be here all day so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you were extremely helpful through that whole experience and i you're just just an incredible person to be around as a friend and a co-worker and I've never gotten to work with Mariah but I imagine <laughs> the same is true because you two are hashtag couple goals like Aww. when when I'm with the two of you I'm just like oh like love is real okay cool. <laughs> I know when Mar Mariah we've only actually hung out like a few times like a handful yeah. of times mm -hmm. but one one of my favorite memories is Ty's surprise party, which you organized incredibly. It was like <laughs> one of the sweetest things ever. <laughs> and yeah, again, just just couple goals. But yeah, so Mariah, let's intro you. Uh, you're, I know that you work with um, immigrants, refugees, mm -hmm. asylum seekers. I don't know if you want to delve into that a little bit, just uh, your background. Yeah, uh, sure. I'd love to hear about it. Um, and I mean, we'll talk about this a little later, but... Um... Before moving to New York, I was the legal services manager with um, a homeless shelter for asylum seekers. Um, and so I would either represent them for their asylum cases or the hearings, um, or we would help them try and get to Canada to make an asylum claim. Um, and then when I moved to Brooklyn, um, I recently got a job with an organization called Church World Service. They focus mainly on refugee resettlement, um, which is different, but um, because of Trump, they had to close that program down. So they shift their focus on asylum seekers. Um, and so I work with them in their asylum seeker program now. Oh my gosh, it's incredible work. I just- Awesome work. Uh, keep on keeping on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Ty and Mariah, since this is swiped out, we are all about dating and love and relationships. And today we really want to celebrate your relationship. So give us all the dirt on how you guys met and you fell in love and got married. Tell us your love story. Yes. You want to go first? All right. Um, so I was born on a most likely <laughs> cold day in Erie, Pennsylvania in November. <laughs> A Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, we actually met on the first day of freshman orientation at um, our first 
my first go around with undergrad education and Mariah's only go around with undergrad education. <laughs> um, my dad was the campus pastor at uh, Nat College, which is a small Christian college. Um, I'd say probably about 20-ish, maybe a little bit more miles outside of the city. Um, Mariah was not my biggest fan at that, <laughs> that point. <laughs> Whoa! Um, Oh. <laughs> well, it's it there there's a reason I was annoying. So <laughs> what it was was he was like he was so I didn't know who he was, right? He's like this big man on campus. I had no idea who he was. So we were in the same like freshman orientation group and he just like acted like he knew everybody and I was like, "Who is this guy like in here acting like he knows everybody?" But it turns out he really did know everybody. So I, I <laughs> um, see. yeah, once I like realized that he wasn't just being like a douchebag. I was like, okay, sorry. <laughs> he's all right. He's still annoying, but he's okay." <laughs> How was... long did it take you guys to get to that point? Was it like a whole semester I mean, I we before you started like warming two up? Weeks in. Okay. All right. Yeah, so we, were, we were friendly. Yeah, we were pretty friendly, yeah. um, but we we kind of had like the melding of friend groups mm -hmm. near the end of the first semester, and then we really got close. Um, second semester, uh, we were just like best friends, and I started dating somebody within our friend group, and who wasn't me? Then Mariah. It was not Mariah. <laughs> and at this, uh, Mariah, at this point, Mariah, was that set? What, how did you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know. Like, we were all kind of rooting for it just because okay. they were kind of like, the, I don't know, they just like seemed like a good fit. So we were yeah. all like kind of rooting for it uh, in our friend group. And as time kind of went on, he and I started hanging out kind of just alone, uh, just, just hanging out, nothing uh, totally innocent at that point. Um, and yeah, I don't know, like I started just really seeing his heart and really seeing um, that he had a genuine love for people and he's like just very kind and caring and compassionate, um, which isn't, you know, something that's like generally I had experienced in the past with men. Feel you um, there. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard, like it's hard to find men who are willing to kind of be like in touch with their emotions and um, yeah, just like genuine, I guess. Yeah. And uh, you know, he he was very, um, not rebellious, but uh, what's the word? Like edgy for our kind of school. <laughs> like he, you know, he supported gay rights in this Christian school and like he, you know, he just, I don't know, you could see that his heart and that he cared. And so um, the closer we kind of got as friends, the more I started kind of falling for him. But uh, I I knew that he was dating, you know, someone in our friend group. So I basically told him that uh, we had to kind of stop hanging out. Uh, you were you like, know, I, I, was... I caught feels. And yeah. we can't just hang as as friends yeah. anymore. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I I pulled him aside and I had that conversation with him one early morning on the hill. Oh, I wow. had no idea, like none whatsoever. I was like, oh cool, we're just like super best friends. Mm -hmm. And then she told me, and I was like, huh. <laughs> and then she went to Haiti for oh. two weeks, and this was right after the big 
uh, earthquake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I found myself incredibly worried because I'm like, what if there's another earthquake? Right. Mm-hmm. And um, then when she came back, um, she was telling me that there was this guy who had proposed and I felt something that I had not felt before. I was super jealous. And I was like, oh. no. Like, Wait, to right. be clear. Who was this other man? Yeah, 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 that was... <laughs> no, to on be that clear, detail. that was like never, ever in a million years going to happen. I didn't talk to him after Haiti. Like, it wasn't... Mm. It was never going to happen. Was it... But, but, it, but it was a legitimate man. proposal? No, it was... I like, and I don't want to perpetuate this, but he's just like, he just wants to come to the US. Like, that's all it was. Mm-hmm. But that's I, not I, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do like, that. You two didn't have a whirlwind love affair yes. in Haiti. No, 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 not at all. I'm sure he asked every other girl there. Too. But like, still, it got time thinking. Right. Little competition. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, hang on. So there was a point where we. Like we went down to the river because Nyack is on this big hill and right at the very bottom is the Hudson. And there's like this nice park and there was this boat launch pier that had like this really awesome picnic bench. It had been there for forever. Um, fun fact, it is not there anymore thanks to Hurricane Sandy. Ah, um, yeah. yikes. Uh, but we went down there with a couple of our other friends who were also at the beginning of their budding uh, love story. And so they went off to go talk. And so we were just sitting on this bench, just, you know, talking. And somehow, I don't remember exactly how, but we ended up in a hypothetical conversation about what it would be like if we were to start dating. Mm. And... I don't know, that hypothetical conversation lasted for a couple hours. And by the end of it, we were both like, okay, so yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do this, right? (laughs) We went through like what we like, the hypothetical was like, our entire life, what our entire life could look like, does not look like that hypothetical conversation (laughs) at all. At all. But we were children. <laughs> we were children. What year was this, Thank you guys, you, well, when this happened? 2009. No, 2010. Yeah. 2010. 10, mm. 10 yeah. Okay. So I was like 19? Yeah, I was 18. Something like that. Aww. Yeah, we oh, were children. Baby. Literal children. So sweet. Yeah. And then. But I think it was like something so corny, like. Uh, he was like saying he was telling me how jealous he was or something and it sparked with like i was like i told you you can't talk to me that way because i have like feelings for you and he right. said something like well i have feelings for you too <laughs> like oh. very very just child was, yeah <laughs> and then that kind of sparked yeah our hypothetical conversation and we talked about our whole life and we knew from that moment we were gonna get married and do oh life together that wow yeah. All from that conversation. I broke up yeah. with the girl I was dating the next day. <gasps> and I think that night, Mariah and I went on our first official date. It's terrible in, when you think about it that way. But T. That's awesome. I mean, also that, you know, goes to show the value in having an honest conversation and yeah. really evaluating yeah. like what you want and, yeah. you know, what, whether what you currently have is working, you know, like hmm yeah clearly it panned out well for you too 
So. It did. And you did get married. Got the better end of that yeah. <laughs> it all came true. Oh, yes. And yeah, so it's now 2020. This is a decade later. What was mm-hmm. sort of the journey from that you you started dating, eventually you got married. You went through a period of long distance marriage, I know, because Ty mm-hmm. was working in the city and Mariah, I think you were still up in Buffalo, like mm-hmm. Obviously, you don't have to go into every little detail, but what was what would you say was like the arc um, after? Well, I mean, like that? the we can go into the detail because when we were talking about it the other night while we were going through uh, the outline, and we were just like, "Holy crap!" Like <laughs> we started dating, and then yeah, we started dating in March of 2010. We got engaged December 2010. Wow. Got married July 2011. And right before we got married, you can tell this story. I got kicked out of school for the second time in a calendar year. Ooh, the same. Actually, I think it was the second time in, yeah, it was the second time in 2010. Yeah. Wait, the what same happened? school? Yeah. yeah, I talked my way back in the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote an appeal letter and they were like, yeah, that, that's cool. That works. I and do. Then I think it was like, well, I think we were probably like three or four weeks out from getting married. And we were already having like a really shitty day and we were getting back to our basement apartment and our my basement, dad met us. Our basement disgusting apartment. <laughs> yeah, our basement disgusting apartment. <laughs> <laughs> my dad met us there and he was like, hey, so got some bad news. Uh, you're academically dismissed from NIAC. And we were both like, oh, that sucks. And then we realized how much more that sucked because that meant I lost all the jobs I had on campus. Right. And I didn't make a lot of money on campus, but I think I worked, I did photography for like three or four different departments and like did graphics and stuff for another department. So I wasn't making a ton of money, but I was making a little. Right. And that pretty much brought us down to zero. And in our brains because we were children we were like okay cool that'll work and we're just we just we'll kept on going with getting married oh my yeah. gosh <laughs> i think he made 800 dollars a month and our rent was 800 dollars. oh my we god like perfect this is great <laughs> yeah yeah we were like all right cool yeah we'll, we'll totally be able to survive on <laughs> we can live on love my, i don't even think we were thinking about <laughs> no, living on love. Like, yes sounds great it's gonna work it's gonna be great yeah um so right before we got married, I was able to get a job as a receptionist at Restaurant Depot. Nice. And I worked one day, I think I worked one day right before our wedding. And then we got married and it was... It was the <laughs> hottest day in like hottest. 100 years, I swear to God. It was like <laughs> 105 degrees. Was this least. summer in New York? When, when yeah. slash where? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was Pearl yeah. River, New York, so it's oh, Pearl River. around Nyack. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got yeah, family yeah. there. It is, it uh, was, it was very hot. <laughs> and it was muggy. It was, it was very, very hot. And this is summer before, Mariah, were you going into your junior year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was it a big wedding, uh, small wedding? It was, it was a, a massive big wedding. wedding. <laughs> it was, it was a, a massive wedding. I mean, Ty knew the whole school. How could it not be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And my dad, is, my dad has been kind of a big wig in our denomination, yeah. like our church national denomination. So like there were 
some people who came and we knew a lot of people from Pittsburgh because that's where I grew up. And so we, we had everybody we ever knew at that wedding and it was a small sanctuary and it was no central AC in the sanctuary (laughs) and somehow some strange way, like the day of our wedding, they were able to get like eight window units and just chuck them in the sanctuary, close the door. Yeah. Um, but everybody always says like your wedding was so, so hot, but the food was good. (laughs) (laughs) So after our wedding, Mm -hmm. we, uh, came back from our honeymoon and I did not get a call from restaurant depot for a month. Um, and it worked out well. We went to Buffalo and hung out there for a couple of weeks. Well, and I think we got, I think we got like $1,500 for our wedding, like in cards mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm, okay. And so that we like, we just used that to pay rent. Yeah. Right. For two months, <laughs> I think it was. And yeah. And then, yeah, we'd like, we went to Buffalo for a little while until you got called and then we had to come back. Yeah. And um, when I got back, they said that I wasn't going to be a, uh, a receptionist anymore. They were going to train me as a front end supervisor. Okay. Wow. I never worked a cash register. <laughs> so like I knew nothing about front end and I think I lasted two weeks at that job before I got fired. <laughs> oh, little bit and like time. at no point am I thinking like, man, I really picked the winner. Like at no point, I was just like, yeah, this is great. This is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just, this we, is we, fine. This is normal. Everybody yeah. goes through this. Yeah. Partners. My thought was like, all right, now I need to find a job, but I have no degree. I have like no experience doing anything. Right. And like we made it work randomly somehow, so some strange way. By. Like we really. We both don't know how we ate. Like, we don't know how we ate food. (laughs) Um, Then uh, got a job as a security guard uh, working at Pfizer Pharmaceuticals in Pearl River. We moved out of our basement apartment and in with a couple of friends. Yeah. Um, And that lasted us for two years, two solid years. Yeah, we did that for about two years, two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Then we moved back to Buffalo. Where your family is, right, Mariah? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. We moved in with my parents in their basement. Oh yeah, a lot of basement, <laughs> and basement, basement living. <laughs> basement living. Basement yeah, that lasted uh, about a week, and I was like, "We need to get the fuck yeah. out of here." Not gonna work. Um, um, and then in October, I got a job, and Ty went back to school in September. So he started from bare minimum didn't i don't even think you brought any credits from nyack you may have brought like one or two but i had a uh, 1.8 gpa when i got kicked out of nyack so none of those credits were gonna work no (laughs) no. and you were going to school then tie in buffalo Mm -hmm. is that right yes yeah yeah when we moved to buffalo i was going to school in Buffalo. okay got it got it one of their community colleges yes okay yeah yeah um and we did that you know we did that for a couple of years so i worked at a refugee agency until Ty was done with school. And then we kind of had that decision to make of what was next. Right. Because uh, he really wanted to pursue the film thing. So uh, I scheduled a bunch of colleges to go and visit. And we did our NYU tour and fell in love and knew that was the place he had to go. And so we worked on his application. He wrote an amazing piece and submitted it and got accepted. 
Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. We later found out there's like a 6% acceptance rate for that. Yeah. For that particular, it's, huge. it's like really impossible to get in. So, uh, what a great I story. I still can't believe I got in. Time Baby <laughs> is an artist. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. that started our first bout of long distance. What year was this? This was 2015. 15. So, you were yeah. what, four years of marriage at this point? Mm hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about that. You know, it, that was, it was rough. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah that the distance was rough. That for those first two years were like brutal. Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I ended up graduating with a really good GPA, graduated with honors. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he worked really hard. Like, it was a, it was a huge accomplishment for him. Yeah. To be able to, huge to go from where we were to mm-hmm. getting in the NYU. Yeah. 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 1.8 yeah. to NYU. Like what was, yeah. what was the shift for you? What do you think? Was it like a conscious thing or what? I think it was more of like, I wasn't ready for school when I went mm-hmm. at 18. Yeah. Like that's just, I think that's something that as a country, we just need to, understand is like not everybody is ready to go to school mm-hmm. at 18 and I mean I didn't even go away to school it was literally in my backyard right. but it just wasn't like I wasn't ready for college mm-hmm. I made a lot of really great friends you know yeah <laughs> but, right. um I was definitely somebody who should have you know just gone and started work if I would have mm-hmm. gone out uh, gone and started working as a security guard at 18 I think I would have been in a much better place um for yeah. for school mm-hmm. but i mean that was just something that you know i had no clue <laughs> i i but, completely agree ty it's it's yeah so in so many other countries it's just so normal for people to take two years before mm-hmm. pursuing mm-hmm. higher education and it yeah you know yeah. i i truly wish that i had done the same thing but alas yeah. we we went on our journeys and it brought us <laughs> exactly. here and yeah you know <laughs> yeah figure it out somehow yeah yeah. Um, okay, so you're in NYU, you're doing long distance, you graduate NYU, mm-hmm. and what, where does your love story go from there? Uh, I came back to Buffalo. Um, in, in between my junior and senior year, I had, um, I worked on a, a movie that was filming in Buffalo that kind of kickstarted like a little bit of a a film culture mm-hmm. in in Buffalo. There ha- there's not a lot that of like major things that shot that are, that are shot in Buffalo, and this was something that was a little newer. Um, it was a movie called Marshall, and that really kind of gave me a glimpse into the film business and introduced me to a lot of people. So when I graduated, um, I knew there were a couple of movies. I knew there was one movie for sure that was going to be shooting in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. It was the third Purge movie, I think it was, um, and it was one of the, it was a prequel. Oh yes! <laughs> and <laughs> so I knew that it was coming. I knew somebody who was working on it, and so I emailed the first AD and the UPM because that's the protocol. <laughs> It's not, it's not it's at not all. The like, protocol. just, just <laughs> trying to get into the, like, that is unheard of. Yeah, so I got a job working on that, and um, then there was another movie, and 
for that kind of sparked our next uh, bout of long distance um, because after the two movies I had worked on, there was nothing else. After, I don't know, like September or something, it's kind of hard to shoot in Buffalo mm-hmm. because it just gets cold. Right. And all of my contacts were out in LA. So I went out to LA for a little bit. Mm. And then went to Pittsburgh for a little bit and then came to New York for a little bit. I came to, I was for about a year. New York was about a year. Mm. So wow. for pretty much the so next It was about two, four years total. Oh, yeah. long distance. Oh my gosh. Mm. Yeah. And we were talking the other night. That was that's probably been the hardest thing that we've ever done. Yeah. yeah. Long distance. Well, because when I look at your relationship, it's very clear to me that like you are each other's best friend. So like not only are you separated from your spouse, but like your best friend. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. And it was yeah, it was really hard because we weren't experiencing what the other was experiencing. So it was right. like mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it was exhausting talking all the time, mm-hmm. but you want to talk to your best friend, but it's like, ugh, you just don't understand because you're not here, you know? Yeah, and it just yeah. Kind of yeah. You really thing can't that's like, fully get it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so that's hard to kind of, uh, I don't know, it was hard. It was definitely hard. On top of that, also, I think like our, our schedules are so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, and so finding a significant amount of time to actually have a meaningful conversation mm-hmm. was just yeah. really hard. For both of you, how did you get through it? What would be your, your advice for other people, you know, going through this right now with long distance? I don't know. Um, just have so much grace for each other. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. forgive at anything, honestly. Um, you know, if you start off with a, like, I, I don't know about people who start off on long distance, like, because we have that foundation. So right. um, I knew his intentions, he knew my intentions. And um, just forgiving at the drop of a hat is really important and not something that I think I did the best. He was, he's always been much better in terms of that. But through just understanding what's important, what's worth fighting for, what's not worth fighting for, and just, you know, moving quickly past the frustrations because Mm. it's you know you're not there to look at each other to make up you have to kind of make up in that in this like weird texting phone call facetime thing right um and so not dwindling too much on that not like yeah focusing too much on that i think was really key and saved us in a lot of situations that could have been really bad Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely definitely i think like yeah i I think what you said (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, now you, in a weird twist of fate, are spending a lot of time together. Maybe yeah. Maybe yeah. yeah. We, those... We're, like, happier than anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 Quarantine can last forever, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine with it. So, one of the focuses that we've been chatting about on the pod of late is this idea of interracial relationships. And so we've been talking to different couples, talking about their experiences, especially uh, with everything that we have going on in the country right now. It's very topical. So uh, we want to open it up to you guys to share any experiences that you might have and really just open the floor to anything that you might want to address. Um, I don't know. Do you want to go first? Do you want to talk? All right. I mean, like, I guess it's not like, uh, like, to be fair, like, it's, it's, it's an important conversation. It's not awkward for us. I don't think it's, 
like there's nothing you could ask or anything that would be offensive. I mean, we've, mm-hmm. we've always been pretty open about it. Um, it's always been a struggle since the beginning uh, mm-hmm. in terms of family and, you know, different things. Um, the, our groomsmen and bridesmaids danced down the aisle to Michael Jackson, black or white. <laughs> pissed off a lot That's of my awesome. family. <laughs> um, love. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was awesome. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> well, I guess let's start the with. the best part of our wedding. <laughs> was this, for both of you, obviously you're pretty young when you met, but um, had mm-hmm. either of you been in an interracial relationship prior to meeting each other? I had not, no. I had, but it was like, you know, high school, middle school yeah. kind of thing, not really sure. fully understanding you know, the, the, the history of the world and the history, like in my mind, I was just like, oh, I'm going to go date this person, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Um, I think as I got older and I would even say probably a little, like a, a bit into like my memorized relationship is when like, I really started kind of like seeing the world for what it was. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that we have gotten a lot of, like, overt. There have been some, like, overt cases of just, like, flat-out knownness from random people. Um, Yeah. Like, I got grabbed one time. Oh. We were walking into, like, a Barnes & Noble, and I got grabbed one time, and and, uh, this guy grabbed me. He was like, is that your husband or is that your boyfriend or something? And I was like, yeah. And he said uh, something like, it's such a waste or you're, you're like throwing your life away or something. I forget oh exactly gosh. what he said, but it was just like, and it kind of, and that was pretty early on. Yeah. I think, I don't even know if we were married yet at that point, but. I don't even think we were engaged. Um, yeah, I think we were still dating and it was, um, I don't know. In my experience, I grew up, like I grew up in the suburbs of Buffalo. So, um you know, very white, probably had a handful, like one, I think, black girl in our middle school. And then as high school kind of, you know, expanded a little bit, but even still maybe like five total. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I, like, I wasn't, I don't know, my family wasn't anti-racist. They were, they were more like, uh, we don't see color. You treat everybody right. with respect mm-hmm. kind of thing, yeah. you know? just like the comfortability of of not having to deal with with racism Mm -hmm. in your face all the time of just Mm -hmm. like you just love and treat everybody with respect so when i went to nyack and it was nyack is a very it's like one of the things they pride themselves on is that they're diverse so Mm -hmm. um you know not i wouldn't say majority white i don't think and that was kind of the first experience i had in the u.s I think it is majority white, but it, the percentage difference is like yeah, it's like yeah, it's like non like nothing else. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So that was the first kind of experience that I had had, and then I don't know. It was just like never something that I really thought about, just because yeah. that's just it wasn't thought about. And so bringing Ty home, I never thought would be necessarily a big deal. And I mean, you know, family is family, and what happened happened. And, uh we're all in love again now so it's all fine but um 
yeah, I think, you know, it didn't really start hitting us until we got older and still, you know, we were three, four, five years in our marriage and we were still getting asked for separate checks at restaurants. Um, We were still, um, I don't know, just like little microaggressions everywhere, like separate grocery orders at the store. Uh, We still get that one a lot, but it really kind of, I don't think it really started to take a turn in our relationship until Ty, um, maybe it was you took a class or I forget what it was, but it kind of just like sparked this thing in you that realized maybe just like maturity and getting older and realizing about life. But um, he kind of came to terms with uh, what it actually meant to be black in America. Mm. And so uh, we kind of went on that journey together and, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You want to talk about that? I mean, for me, that was sparked by like, um, like Ferguson and like Trayvon mm-hmm. Martin and stuff like that. All kind of yeah, like melded together because like growing up, I was pretty much a token. So like, I was always the only black guy in every group in a lot of my classes, you know. Um, and so for me, I had a very like white lens Mm -hmm. for around life and my parents weren't like they you know they kind of taught us about like you know what it means to be black in America but not to the extent that I think I would have wanted as like as I am as I'm like an adult now I realize that a lot of what they were doing was was to kind of like I don't know, get, make sure that we presented ourselves in a certain way. Yeah, like, like was, I mean, I even remember them saying that they, like, they named you all white names right. to kind of protect you for the future of jobs. So I think, mm-hmm. like, and even just seeing them now, they've also kind of changed with mm-hmm. all of what's happening now. But um, just, like, just trying to protect you guys from, from anything right. that could be harmful in hopes that it would be different by the time you're an adult. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? like preparing you to live in that world. Yeah. And so like after like Ferguson and everything, I really started, like there was a point where I woke up as the the phrase goes. And, you know, when that happens, I think when people, I think all people, whenever somebody gets woke, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to like put those blinders back on. Yeah. And so I wanted to really start to kind of understand what um like what I was seeing and like what the history behind everything was. And so I took a class at school at NYU and my professor, it was called Blacks in American Society, and it pretty much gave like a really big history of, you know, black people in America and oftentimes and in some cases we started like from pre slavery and just kind of shows like the systemic origins of the way race in America is. And yeah, I think that that kind of also, because Mariah was going through, like we were, we would talk and I think I was at school, like, so we would be talking about all like my class and everything. And, um, you know, when I come home, I would still be on the same kind of like level. I was doing a my thesis movie on the Black Panthers, mm. and so like I was very much like hyper black. <laughs> yeah. 
And I think we had, like, we were able to have, like, one of the things that's great about our relationship is that we just talk about everything. Mm-hmm. And we're very raw in our yeah. conversations. And I think that that was something that was really helpful for both of us is that we were able to just be raw and honest about just kind of everything that we're feeling, everything that we're mm-hmm. learning. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what we hope to bring to the table for these kind of conversations is because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, we are we are willing to have the difficult difficult conversations with people and not worry about um like offending or not worrying about us being offended like we understand each uh place i guess and where it could come from um and just like that understanding like this just shows how much we didn't know or i didn't know at least but when we were dating i think where maybe we were engaged i think um we in Buffalo, we live so close to the Canadian border. So as like, you know, teenagers pastimes, what we would do is we would follow border patrol around to see what they were doing, right? <laughs> to just like, yeah, whatever. So one time Ty and I were driving home to my parents' house and like, you know, 10 border patrol cars passed. And I was like, oh my God, let's go. It so we're sitting, it was yeah, awesome. It was crazy. <laughs> so I was like, let's go see what they're doing, right? Like and nothing has ever happened to me before like i've been on the side i've been out of the car i've been like talking to the officers like nothing has ever happened before and um i thought that ty was just being nervous just because he's nervous to do new things Mm -hmm. and uh sometimes (laughs) and so we're like sitting in the car watching and just like talking about what's going on or whatever and all of a sudden our car was surrounded and the spotlights were on us and there was like 10 cops like charging at our car and um it was like a really really scary situation and thank god like he made it out alive Mm. um and i remember you know they were asking questions that i was just like why are they asking these questions you know and they weren't asking me they were only asking him Mm. but i was the driver so Mm -hmm. um yeah, it was just like really it was odd and so that was kind of our first like huge experience together um and i remember telling his parents about it because afterwards we were like oh ha 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 it's so funny and then after we were telling his parents about it and his mom just like ripped me a new one mm. i was like what is your problem like it's it's fine it's funny huh and it wasn't until years later that i realized like shit like i could have killed her son holy yeah. shit you know um and so like we want to welcome those kind of conversations because we were I was there at at one point like I had no idea and it's okay to not have any idea and you know Ty and I grow together and we're constantly stretching each other and making each other grow and be better people and we're still you know in 10 years I hope we're different and even you know more aware of more self-aware of everything absolutely so for Um, you for you ty in that situation what were you thinking as that was happening were you processing it in real time or what did you think well for me like i was i was very 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 fortunate i did not have too many like interactions with too many random interactions with the police up to that point but I was definitely nervous and I think it was less 
about the fact that I was black and more the fact that like, holy shit, this is the cops. Like, yeah. what? And, but I mean, at the same time, there is that part of like the back, that back part of your mind. And like, I do remember growing up, like my parent, my mom, like both of my parents drilled into us. When you leave the house, you take your keys, you take your phone, you take your wallet. Mm-hmm. Inside your wallet, you make sure you have your IDs. If you get pulled over, hands like very visible, mm-hmm. like, and then if you need to like get something out, like reach down, do it slowly, let the officer know what's happening. And so I went through all, like my training kicked in at that point. And I didn't yeah. realize that that was my training. Mm. And that's the thing for me that, like, I think as I got older, because, again, at this point, we were children. Right, right. I cannot <laughs> stress enough how, like, how young we really were. Yeah. We had no business yeah. getting married. We had no business getting married. <laughs> oh, my God. But, like, I had, I was on my way to 21. Mariah had literally just turned 20 when we got married. Oh so at this gosh. point. Yeah, like a week before. We were fetuses. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I didn't realize any, uh, like, I didn't realize how weird it was that the cops came, how, like, not okay it was that the cops came and, like, asked for our IDs and, like, why, like. Yeah, oh, I'm this. just like, I didn't even have my wallet on me. I was just like, well, I don't have it. Ooh, Look it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it, and I'm, I mean, I'm one of those people that uh, this has always been me. If I leave the house, without my wallet like I freak out and depending on how far away from the house I am I'll turn back around yeah. like yeah. I did not realize that that was a training mm-hmm. kicking in mm-hmm. and so in that moment I was terrified because cops right and We've so all seen the like they're yeah right yeah, exactly and this was before we were seeing the videos yeah. the way they yeah. were mm-hmm. um and so at that point like I was like my address on my license was incorrect because we had moved or no, because uh, I don't even think I had like a real like place at that point. I was living in a dorm. And so my address was wrong and I gave my whole life story from birth. Like just literally, like literally after he was like, well, I was born in Pittsburgh. And like the thing he did in the beginning, it's literally what he started doing to the police. And I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like just tell him to go. Oh yeah, I had and no I just, idea. Like, I had zero idea. Hmm. So how yeah. did that? How did that interaction end? How did they end up leaving? Well, they were basically just asking why we were there because yeah. they were at. They were all yeah. They were doing like house. a drug sting or something. Yeah, it was I mean, we like were down the street. We were nowhere near it, so I don't know why they were. But we you like had tacos and we're just eating tacos. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was just like I pulled over to make a phone call. Relax. Right. Know? Yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, it ended like, well, uh, I just told them, I was like, relax, we're just sitting here eating tacos. I had to make a phone call, like, go away, basically. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was like, holy shit, you just lied to the cops. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they checked Ty's ID, they didn't check mine, because I didn't have mine. They didn't even look up, like, I don't even think I gave him my name or anything. So they checked Ty and cleared Ty, brought his license back. And they were like, all right get home or something like that so and we were very very fortunate Mm. but we didn't i didn't realize how fortunate we were until years later yeah 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 i i think that's like that was after my mom freaked out i was like huh that was an interesting reaction Mm. i thought this was a funny story Mm -hmm. but i because i had grown up with like a a a white lens Mm. as a black guy yeah that's just 
that's a recipe for danger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really interesting yeah. that you both were kind of raised maybe with a similar lens and then had to go through mm-hmm. that period of shattering that lens together mm-hmm. and then coming to terms mm-hmm. with that in probably different ways. Like Mariah, you, mm-hmm. I would assume had to come to terms with your privilege and Ty, mm-hmm. you had yeah. to come to terms with something completely different. Um, yeah, definitely. Which, well, and it comes out, it comes out in different ways yeah. too. Like, you know, I drive most places I will probably say that's because I'm a control freak, but it's really just because. No, not because you're a control freak. You're just a better driver. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I mean, that does. I I get distracted. (laughs) (laughs) But it's Um, helpful in certain areas. Yeah, like it is like just little things like that, like paperwork, um, you know, anything to do with like bills Mm. or anything like that. Like, it's just easier if I do it and if if stuff's in my name like it just is easier um even though i think i have kind of a more black sounding name than you do yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have a really good like professional white voice yeah. like i i am a pretty good code switcher mm. <laughs> yeah i wanted to bring up something that happened or not really something that happened just a conversation that i had with you ty that Um, I don't know if you even remember, but we were working together on a show. This was recently before quarantine. Um, and I do remember. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We were, we were out on the sidewalk, uh, in close to central park. So it's like a pretty busy area. Um, Mm -hmm. and someone asked you for a cigarette, uh, on the street and you gave it to them because you are a kind-hearted person who would no, d- yeah do do anything for anyone and i this was just out of curiosity i wasn't trying to like start a deep conversation or anything but i was just like hey so when like for people who smoke if you ask someone for a cigarette like do you ever give them a dollar or something because you know cigarettes aren't cheap uh or, or is it sort of like kind of a known thing where like, you know, you give a cigarette, you'll take a cigarette at some point. I was just curious like that, ex- it, you know, what the mm-hmm. uh, protocol is. And you <laughs> you said, yeah, sometimes. But, you know, Mariah has been really clear to me to be careful with that because of what happened to Eric Garner. And yeah. I... I feel like the, it was an example of like a, a white person not knowing how to talk about race <laughs> because but we don't yeah. like we're, we're trained not yeah to because know. I had not even thought about that like when I brought that up and then when you said that I was like oh oh my god oh my god yeah like yeah yeah, yeah. I I think that I probably went into blabbering of something and was like oh my god yeah like Oh my gosh, I'm I'm terrified of cops and like I'm a I'm I'm and I didn't know how to say it like to mm. I I didn't want it to be like oh I'm like waving my privilege in your face being like well I'm scared of cops and like I'm white but right. and at the same time I was trying to acknowledge like yo like I see you and I understand that like you walk through the world in like a different way than I do but obviously I didn't say that I just blabbered a lot was like yeah (laughs) um 
so yeah, I just, I wanted to bring that up and I, I wanted to, I guess, talk to both of you about that and like talk to you, Mariah, about what it's like to, to think about like your spouse, like being out there in the world and having to be more careful than uh, yeah. a, a white dude walking yeah. around. And yeah, I don't know. I'm blabbering again. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. fine. You're totally fine. Because it is awkward. And like, you know, it's, it's hard because my sphere and my family and my friends uh it's not I mean not now but before like it's not comfortable to talk about race right it's not like it's just something that um you know exists but you don't it's like you don't even know the right thing to say sometimes and that feels like really uncomfortable um so it's it was kind of a transition of I had to separate my support system in uh, kind of like, okay, so they, like these people in my life don't understand what it's like for me to be a white wife to a black man. Um, and I need to kind of find that support system uh, elsewhere because it's like, when you're talking about it with people who don't understand, you're like constantly being dismissed, constantly like you're over-exaggerating, you know, like things like that. like. Um, and so just realizing that I don't, like, I have white privilege, but I don't have the privilege of like, just being fine with my husband leaving the house instead of like working through my emotions of like, yeah, okay, it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, whatever, or if he's driving home late at night or, you know, any, which happens five nights yep. out of the week when he's working. Yep. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's like it's it was a different thing that I had to process that a lot of my friends didn't have to process and don't understand. Um, and so it can be very isolating. Mm. It can definitely be very isolating, especially when uh, you know I'm trying to like process my thoughts with Ty. Uh, and thankfully, we do have that open relationship where we can, and he knows that like I'm not you know, being racist in some things that I say, but I'm just like genuinely trying to learn. Yeah. So I think that's like also a special thing to have mm -hmm. because I do have that privilege of, of having a black husband to understand fully mm -hmm. and have those conversations with every single right. day. So, well, and I guess just to go off of that, sorry to jump in, but you know, for you, Mariah, no, you know, you guys have been married now for a decade, which is just amazing. And I think that's such a cool experience to get to know someone on such an intimate level over that time. But obviously, you know each other's families. Have you had any conversations with Ty's mom in relation to race? Like, you know, you mentioned this experience with the police or maybe any other family members where it was a really candid conversation about, you know, you're a white woman who has married a black man. Has that come up? Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, Ty's parents are the coolest people <laughs> on the planet. So we talk. I think he and um my mother-in-law and I talk like I don't know five times a week Aww. probably um and his dad the same thing um probably his dad less frequently because he's super busy but um you know and they have a lot of like relationship advice they they check in on us make sure we're okay but in regards to race um I think we kind of started that conversation probably six or seven years ago um and really diving in what does it mean? Uh, what does it mean to be in an interracial relationship and just with everything that's been happening? Um, and so it's a constant topic. 
and it's cool. I mean, they know that I'm in their corner and so they can be 100% free with me. And, um, you know, when they, I know that when they say white people, they don't mean me. And that, you know, when I like, I don't know, it's just like an open conversation of, uh, like honesty and, and working through it. And, um, yeah, so they've definitely, they've definitely been a huge part, I think, in our, our relationship together and just kind of growing up and dealing with being in an interracial relationship and helping us through yeah. that. Um, and Ty, Ty, for you, do you, you know, have any experiences you want to share from, from your side um, of, you know, dating and marrying a, a white woman? Like if that was ever a conversation that came up with your family, um, if there were, I don't know, any, any part of that journey that you want to yeah. talk about? Not particularly. There wasn't really, like, my parents were very much just, like, supportive of who we all, you yeah. know, fell for. Yeah. Um, um, Mariah has kind of been, like, the, has, is kind of, like, I think the, the benchmark, in my, <laughs> in my opinion. Granted, I'm biased, but, <laughs> um, but also, like, I don't know, because I had grown, like, because I'd grown up pretty much as the token, and because I had a very white lens of the world, I, for a long time, really had, really not felt, I felt comfortable around white people. I didn't feel odd or anything. Um, and then as you know, I got older and realized, oh, I've been the only black person for a long time. And yeah. so like there are, there are still times where I'm, it's just like you get that uncomfortable feeling just because you are like, you are, it feels like my mom used to always say like, whenever we would go someplace, she'd be like, now listen, you're, you are the only chip in the cookie here. <laughs> so like, be mindful of that. Mm. And I think that that is, um, that's kind of like, because I grew up as the only black person in a lot of groups, I am really, really good at code switching. Mm -hmm. And I think that because of society, like a lot of culture has been white centered. Mm -hmm. um, and I spent a lot of time just in general culture. I kind of, I've, feel that I could have a conversation and hang out with just about anybody. You know, I can make a lot of quote unquote white people references, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. and feel yeah. and be, and well, be like, you do it in a way that makes them feel comfortable. Right. I, I think that it's like a subconscious thing that mm, you do this. Right. I want to break down yeah. that work. Cause I feel like you've used it a, f a few times and for, you know, any listeners that might not be familiar when you say code switching, do you mean it's just a conscious shift where you feel like you're kind of, like you said, making conscious choices with your references or trying to make people feel more at ease? Like what, what does that mean to you? And do you feel it on the reverse for, at all? For me, I don't, I don't know if I would say it is a hundred percent conscious, mm -hmm or it has always been a hundred percent conscious, but like these days I'm a little bit more aware, mm -hmm. you know, as I got older, I got a little bit more aware of like, okay, if I'm going to like make this joke, this joke has to be made in this way. Mm. Or if I'm going to say this word just to goof off, like we, we, 
got to make sure like there are certain things that like black people can say and do with each other but it is not accepted in general society if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and so it's that switch back and forth like i can i can hang out with you know a group of black people and make like all kinds of crazy ass references that if we were to make it in a group of white people would probably feel super offensive even though it's not if that makes sense mm-hmm. does that make sense like yeah I, yeah no it does it does do you ever find that frustrating ty like if you if you realize that you're code switching in a situation and being like i shouldn't have to code switch right now but i feel like in order for this situation to be comfortable for other people not for myself i have to change the way that i'm right acting. i it does like it is a little frustrating sometimes um i mean it like i am genuinely like generally a pretty happy guy yes kind of i'm a pretty like <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty like easy going yeah. and everything pretty positive pretty upbeat sometimes it's like it's exhausting being the upbeat positive guy yeah but i'm also a very large black guy and so if i am upset or angry then i don't want the perception to be oh he's like there's the angry black man you know or if there is something that you know i do see as wrong there like i have to consciously think about the way that i want to address it Mm -hmm. in a way that makes everybody involved comfortable Mm -hmm. when that's just not necessarily how one should be naturally upset Mm -hmm. if you're upset you're upset right granted there's professional ways to to approach certain things but at the same time i would say i've seen instances of white people who don't necessarily go through that like is this an appropriate response yeah if that makes sense uh-huh. yes and so I'm... that yeah <laughs> that definitely is it's not even it's less frustrating and more just exhausting yeah mm-hmm. and what do you do for yourself ty to you know kind of give yourself a break and like find your peace within all this craziness like when you're feeling um overwhelmed maybe by this idea of code switching what do you do for yourself to get out of it i mean i nothing really i mean like i hang out with mariah a lot and that (laughs) just really makes everything you know or i'll tell her what like the annoying thing that it what it Mm -hmm. whatever the annoying thing is because i know that she is this like she's a safe place Mm -hmm. you know um it's well and i will say like when we are together and i see it happening like i can kind of uh like change the situation of just like like giving him a signal or letting him know like no you can like be what you want to be right now like you don't have to yeah you know explain like Uh give your opinion say what you think like but if you do have somebody like that in your life or you know you're like you're just becoming aware of some of these things and maybe your best friend is black and you know you just like had no idea um like having those conversations to allow them to to feel safe is just really really important and being able to like kind of what we were talking about before of just like sitting in that uncomfortable feeling mm-hmm. of talking about race because mm-hmm. um, it makes all the difference it really yeah. does we 
are going to move on to a segment in the show that we call Oh No No. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> and generally we focus on you know app swiping kind of short-term dating but since we have mm-hmm. the privilege of talking to a married couple and dare i say the first married couple on the pod yeah <laughs> right <laughs> um i i would like to focus it on marriage and if there are any maybe oh no no's that you uh could identify with uh within a spouse relationship. Yeah. I think the most important thing is to be in tune with what your red flags are. Mm-hmm. Like my red flags are going to be different than your red flags. Um, you know, I look at some people and I'm like, oh, thank God. I don't like, I'm yeah. married to them. I would never be able to, but someone else like may be able to, to deal yeah. with that. I don't know. Um, but I would say in terms of like red flags, like understand abusive behavior, toxic behavior, um you know and and go into a relationship knowing your worth and not settling for anything less than your worth because that person is going to be able to match you in that Mm -hmm. and then you're going to be able to grow together and if they're not going to be able to match you then it's going to go nowhere and it's you know it's not just going to be a healthy relationship so i would say somebody you can find somebody you can grow with you feel comfortable with and just pay attention to those like i guess you know, research the signs of abuse or something like that and and really understand what, you know, what that is and don't compromise yourself. Mm -hmm. That is so valuable and so much deeper than what we usually say or get, which is um, no gym selfies. (laughs) (laughs) Stand by that. (laughs) See, like we were talking about this the other day, like we don't even know and this sounds like so pretentious, but like I don't even know what I would do if I had to go on a date. Like, <laughs> I, really don't. I mean, like, you've I been just... together for ten years. I mean, it's not pretentious God. to say. I mean, yeah, I'm jealous as oh, Tinder wasn't even around then. <laughs> crazy, it's like a different frontier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe what you guys did was like focus on your oh yes yes, which mm, like yeah. which yeah. was that like hypothetical conversation that brought yeah, you two mm-hmm. together. You like you know, looked at the future and, you know, all the yeses checked and you're like, all right, this is, there were, oh, there yeah. were no, oh, no, no's to be found. So, right. yeah. so it was yeah. straight ahead. Right. Yeah. Yes. Can yeah. I say, when you were telling that story about sitting down and saying, what would it look like if we were together? I have a little situationship I'm dealing with at the moment. And I was like, that's what okay. I need to do. I need to sit down. We need to have this conversation. We need to lay it all out on the table. Yeah. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. Advice I'll be walking away with. Well, I think lesson learned for uh, long-term hashtag goals. Focus on (laughs) the yes, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Focus on the yes, yes. (laughs) Because you'll see, like, the thing, I think the thing is, if you're looking for oh, no-nos, you'll find them. Right. Mm. You know? Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Yes. If you're looking for, like, all right, well, there's there's gym, gym picks and like those gym <laughs> socks are all the way up to those knees and I will not be outside with gym socks yeah. up to the knee. Like you can still find that shit annoying and unattractive yeah. and still they can be your yeah. partner. Right, you right, know? right. I think patience is like a super important thing is like if you are with a person and you're like, you know what? No, I kind of really feel like we got something here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
um, when like a gym pit cocks up, you're just like, oh goodness gracious, <laughs> like there's another fucking gym, gym pick. But at the same time, and you call him and you're like, what the fuck is up with these gym picks? Like, stop with these goddamn gym picks. And gym pick guys, like, listen, it's not like I just wanted to show. Like, I was like, I was feeling really yeah, good like about. I'm like, like a douchebag though. You look like a douchebag when you post gym picks. You know what? The gym pick is like, it's not a representation of me. It's just I was feeling really good about myself. <sighs> I'm like some motivation from uh, the outside. And then you just side. stop caring about mm, the gym. Yeah, pick. wow. Ten years later, you're just like, oh. Wow, you know what? Those shorts really do look good on you. So you know what, Sav? Maybe your life partner. Maybe you've already swiped on I've him. I've swiped left. I know. Discounted him because of the I gym know. selfie. But little do you know, he'll resurface. I know. <laughs> um. So going off of that, actually, we did have a listener question that I think works perfectly. Uh, and this listener said. What is some advice for setting boundaries uh, in regards to, uh, I guess, a potential partners? Maybe not someone that you're necessarily in a relationship with yet, but you're on the way to becoming more serious. So communication boundaries. Uh, well, I don't know, what's another boundary? Time boundaries. Just anything in terms mm-hmm. of like how are you developing those healthy habits early on into the relationship? Mm. I think just like understanding early on in the in the beginning of a relationship. Like understanding that you are, that a relationship is two people, two individual people coming together. And sometimes, you know, some, some people just need to put their headphones on. Sometimes you just Mm -hmm. need to like go for a bike ride. Sometimes you just need to go hang out with your friends and not be around that other person. And that has to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know? But I think the important key is talking about that. Right. Exactly. Because it's like, you just kind of assume that your partner knows these things about you, but how could they? right um and so like just being self-aware of like you know when you're getting frustrated or when a boundary is broken that you haven't expressed that you need that boundary you're like okay why am i being pissed off in this moment like okay i haven't explained this part of my life to him mm-hmm. or her um you know like uh yeah like the headphone thing is a good example or or even like talking ty talks a lot more than i do and i it just like is something that sometimes I get really overwhelmed when he talks so much. So sometimes I'm like, I just need like an hour of mm-hmm. that's it, you know? And just so like things of, of those boundaries, if you're communicating that from the beginning of what you're kind of expecting, um, you know, then it's, and they're like intentionally breaking those boundaries. That can also be another red right. flag if they're not respecting right. those things that you, you both agreed on and you both set up. Um, yeah, I think that's just like communication is is key. Mm-hmm. And I think on the flip side of that is explaining if you are the boundary breaker, kind of explaining where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way the other person re- understands it's like, oh, okay. So like, I know that you're not intentionally trying to break this boundary. Uh-huh. It's, mm-hmm. And like, because I, yes, do, yeah. I do talk a lot, but... <laughs> Like Mariah's the, Mariah's the only person I feel comfortable, like completely 100% open sharing yeah. everything with. Right. And so okay. if I have a thought, I just want to say this thought, but I have to, there's a part of me that also has to recognize that like, that's not always, it doesn't, I don't need to say everything at mm. that time. So for our last segment, um, we have something on the show that we call Swipe Support, where usually we ask our guests to give dating advice 
to all of our listeners out there trying to find love. Uh, today, I would like to use Swipe Support instead to give y'all a chance to shout out any organizations that our listeners should be aware of and support. Um, so yeah, I'll give it give it to you guys. So the first one I think we agreed on was, uh, it's called Jericho Road Community Health Center. I used to work for them in Buffalo. Um, they do phenomenal work just across the board. Um, you can go to their website at jrchc.org or just Google Jericho Road Community Health Center. Um, yeah, I mean, they have so many programs. They have so many health clinics all over the city of Buffalo, uh, Sierra Leone, um, Nepal, they have a bunch of health clinics um, and just, you know, just like a really local grassroots yeah. organization that is really on the ground doing the work and I can vouch for it because I was there. So um, they've also been doing really, really great work with uh, COVID mm. as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they actually hold the number of testing, uh, the number of patients tested or people, community members tested in the state of New York oh. and they're in Buffalo. Oh, wow. Wow. Hard to yeah. Because of New York City. Wow. Um, but they, yeah, they just do, they do incredible work and they've, they've been, um, you know, they've done incredible work with like, uh, refugees and immigrants in the city. And now, um, I'm still like on their email list and get, uh, emails and I know they've been doing a lot of internal work for Black Lives Matter and making sure that, um, like the East side community, which is primarily a black community in, in Buffalo is, is heard and, and taken care of and is a part of their programming. So I know. Um, you know, they just have really good hearts, really good intentions, and the money is going where they say it's going to go. Um, and then did you have one, Ben? I know. Uh, you brought up a, a surge. Oh, surge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surge is um, showing up for racial justice. It's a yes. nationwide organization. I love them. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, it's like primarily for like white people who are learning to be anti-racist. And so they have different chapters throughout the U.S. So you can go to their website and find which one's local to you. Um, but they do a lot of great work. I, a lot of my friends are in the one in Buffalo, uh, but they're all over. Uh, so you can give to their national, their national program. Um, but they're doing also important work. Yeah. Well, thank you for, awesome. for both of those shout outs. Yeah. We will be checking both of those out and we'll be putting links to both of those in our episode awesome. notes. So yep. y'all can awesome. check it out. Yeah. Oh, Ty and Mariah. This is a lot. <laughs> yeah. We, we appreciate you for, you know, sharing your story with us, um, unpacking it with us. And I hope that we get to stay in touch and, you know, continue to have these for conversations sure. from this. It was just so yeah. good to see you both. I yeah. miss you. <laughs> I cannot wait until we get to barbecue together again. <laughs> Stay safe, guys. <laughs> yeah, you guys too. Thanks. Thank you. This has been another episode of Swiped Out. Out. <laughs> Pause for buffering. <laughs> it's always harder to do Our timing across is <laughs> state lines. <laughs> well, across the country, really, if we're getting yeah. technical. <laughs> East we're Coast, West Coast, baby. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging with us. Um, please go give some love to Ty and Mariah. We're going to link their handles uh, in the episode description along with the wonderful organizations that they shared with us. So please check those out. And until next time.
Thanks, y'all. Keep thriving. Stay hydrated. Wash them hands. And stay uh, thirsty for knowledge. Keep educating Dismantle yourself. Dismantle white supremacy. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. <laughs> Talk to you guys Love later. Bye. Like we do it.